Big news, friends. Mega has a live show, which we will also live stream. It's going to be at the Dynasty Typewriter in Los Angeles Saturday, March 16th, and it's a 4 p.m. matinee. We're going to have a lot of amazing guests, so get your tickets now by heading to our website, megathepodcast.com. And if you're a Patreon member, you get a discount. So join us live or virtually on March 16th and get your tickets now. You know the unmistakable sound of opening your freezer door? That little kiss? Well, my freezer makes that kissing noise and I kiss it right back because it's filled with butcher box cuts that have made my life way more convenient. Delivered right to our doorstep, free shipping, always, and curated customized box plans. It saves me money and trips to the grocery store and I can meal plan for weeks at a time and I got leftovers to boot. Eat better this year with the best meat and seafood on the planet delivered to your door. ButcherBox is offering mega listeners their choice of a weeknight meal essential. That's three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for free, that's free, in every order for a whole year. That's a whole year. Plus, get $20 off your first order. Get a kiss from your freezer and your family and sign up today at butcherbox.com mega and use code mega to choose your free offer and get $20 off. Thanks, ButcherBox. When you listen to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, the comedy podcast, you get a belly full of laughs and a head full of real information. Our gallimaufry of expert guests answer questions on stuff adults need to know. I have mold in my dwelling. What do I do? What's gerrymandering? What happens chemically when I fall in love? How do I handle a parent-teacher conference? What are microbes? Listen to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. Solve problems, get laughs. Mega is an improvised satire from the staff of a fictional megachurch. I'm Hallie Labonte, and this is Mega, coming to you from Twin Hills Community Church, where every single week we're giving our mega church a tiny family feel. We introduce you to members of our church staff, people from our community, and you know I think it's a treat, and I think it is a treasure. Well, per usual, I'm joined by my co-host. He's the youth pastor for our high school ministry called Climax. Please welcome Gray Haas. Jesus with skin on, Hallie. How are you? Uh, I am so blessed. How are you, Gray? Hallie, I have had an amazing week with my teens in Climax. You know, we are doing a series uh, called Warriors, and that is just where we teach about great Christian heroes that secular culture refuses to acknowledge. Ooh, I love that. Yeah, like, it's who? really good. Uh, well, we did Tim Tebow. Oh, he's so awesome. He's awesome. He's the football player who kneels down. Oh, yeah. They tried to kick him out of the league for, for praying. Oh, that's awesome. Right. And uh, Aaron Rodgers. Mm. And, you know, they tried to kick him out for, you know, uh, just speaking the truth. So uh, awesome. Amy Coney Barrett. Oh, yeah. Um, Melania Trump. Mm-hmm. Um, who else did we do? Vladimir Putin. Um, there was this woman we did who's on Twitter. She's at Jesus USA 21. Just really, you know, out there being a warrior for Christ. Um, we did Eric Estrada. <gasps> From Chips. I didn't know he was a Christian. Uh, yeah, You know what? I didn't know he was either, but it just seems like he would be, you know. you know, He has those Christian eyes. Right. He's got the look. Kind eyes. Uh, but, you know, Hallie, it is week two of my year of dating biblically, mm-hmm. and I have started a new project with some of the guys in the group who've sort of joined me in my cause, you know, and we started a band. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, What's it called? The band. 
Yeah. It's called Into Him. Into Him. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Like Into Him, like H-I-M, him? No, Haley, like H-Y-M-N. Oh, cool. That's great. So what do you do? Do you do like covers? Are you a cover band? Do you do your own songs? No, Haley, we, we are writing all our own original stuff. Cool. Let's see. We've got um, On My Knees For You. Uh, that's kind of like a hard rock type thing. We've got um, Praise The Day Is Long, which is kind of a ballad. I love that. Uh, and then we've got, you know, a, we've got a club track, the the Apostle Posse. That's kind of like the Super Bowl shuffle, you know, <laughs> that the, the kids would dance to in the club. And then I did, you know, Hallie, I had to go out on a limb and I did this whole thing called the J-Hat Suite, which is where I really just air the grievances about, you know, my relationship that I had to leave. Just it's five diss tracks that are about 10 minutes long each. I just really had to go off. Uh, about Jen Hatmaker? Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. I loved her. Yeah, You know, I know, Hallie, but it was one of those things where I just had to walk away. You know, I had to save myself because... You know, I think the relationship was just eating me alive. So, mm. yeah. So, are those diss songs? Are they are they raps? Is it rap music? Well, yeah, it's like rap rock. You know, it's like you can think you know, Skillet meets Kid Rock. Oh, so Skillet. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's right. Hey, how are you, Hallie? Oh, I've been doing so well, but I had a little drama this week. I I don't know if I've ever told you I volunteer in the marriage ministry. Oh, really? Uh-huh. You're just doubling down, you know, working here and volunteering. That's that's a lot. I know. I'm on staff and I'm also a volunteer because I just have such a passion for Christ-centered marriages. Uh, don't we all? And God, you know, you're going to get honored for serving as a vocation and a volunteer. That's what I figured. I'd like to please my Heavenly Father every which way I can. And you know what? I am so lucky that I have a godly marriage that I'm in that honors my Heavenly Father. Oh, totally. Lance Labonte in the hazards. Yes, my husband Jesus. Lance Labonte. I'm sorry. Lance Labonte in the How did they say it? Is he? I don't know. I think they say Jesus. Oh, yeah. Anyway, I have a godly marriage because I was a virgin when I got married. I had kids because that's what a Christian wife does. And I don't expect much from my husband. So I figured I could share all this awesome wisdom that I have gained about how to be in a Christ-centered relationship with others. Oh, cool. So anywho, you know, the marriage ministry... We just got rocked this week because some girl tweeted something about the five love languages. Oh, no. Someone has the gall to go after awesome Christian author Gary Chapman. I know. He wrote a book in 1992 about how to express heartfelt commitment to your mate. And Christians have been using it for decades now to be, you know, better spouses and consecrate their marriages because the God of the Bible is just wild about happy, healthy marriage. Absolutely. And it's a passion of mine because I get so much joy from my marriage. Totally. Anyway, in the marriage ministry here at Twin Hills, the Five Love Languages book and the blog are all we use to help people stay in their marriages that they want out of. Well, wait, you know, what are the five love languages? I can never really remember them. Oh, it's quality time, okay. giving gifts, right. sweat equity, okay. apology, serving your man, oh, right. and food. Oh, awesome. Love that. Yeah. So anyway, this girl who used to work for Gary Chapman, she did a tweet this week and it just exploded on the internet and all these couples in our ministry are in an uproar. Really? What did she say? I have a screenshot of the tweet. I'll read it to you. If your relationship didn't work out and you're like, but I read the Five Love Languages blog, that's because I was the intern for Gary Chapman when I was 21 and I was an alcoholic Christian virgin blogging on behalf of him while he golfed. So sorry about your marriage. Oh, no. I know. Everybody was like, I've based my whole life on this thing and it was written by an uneducated, unaccredited virgin who knows nothing about modern life. And I says, bite your tongue. The Bible was written by uneducated, unaccredited virgins who knew nothing about modern life because God can use anyone. 
But she was an alcoholic. But that's really only the only thing I can see wrong with that tweet. Well, you know, Hallie, God can work through alcoholics too. I mean, you know, look at Noah. Look at Mark Driscoll. Oh, was Mark Driscoll an alcoholic at Mars Hill? I mean, he's pretty loud and sloppy, you know. Seems like it. Either way, I just don't think this discredits her because, you know, the two most important things that she said is that she was a Christian and she was a virgin. And being a Christian is an awesome credit, and so is being a virgin. Also like Mark Driscoll. Because I really value truth, misinformation really, really scares me. And that's why I'm excited to tell you about Conspirituality, a podcast that dismantles new age cults, wellness grifters, and conspiracy mad yogis. At their best, they attack public health efforts in times of crisis. And at their worst, it's like they're recruiting for the fever dream of QAnon. On Conspirituality, you will have a journalist, a cult researcher, and a philosophical skeptic all discussing stories and cult dynamics and helping educate us and using proven science as their guiding light. I really recommend the Jordan Klepper episode talking about creating comedy in the MAGAverse. Jordan's incredible. And I also really love the medical medium episode. It's really good and not just because I've had my own weird experiences with mediums. (laughs) From exploring cults to analyzing our cultural and political landscape, the Conspirituality Podcast will help you stay informed against misinformation and resist fear tactics. Find Conspirituality on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Because I really value truth, misinformation really, really scares me. And that's why I'm excited to tell you about Conspirituality, a podcast that dismantles new age cults, wellness grifters, and conspiracy mad yogis. At their best, they attack public health efforts in times of crisis. And at their worst, it's like they're recruiting for the fever dream of QAnon. On Conspirituality, You will have a journalist, a cult researcher, and a philosophical skeptic all discussing stories and cult dynamics and helping educate us and using proven science as their guiding light. I really recommend the Jordan Klepper episode talking about creating comedy in the MAGAverse. Jordan's incredible. And I also really love the medical medium episode. It's really good and not just because I've had my own weird experiences with mediums. (laughs) From exploring cults to analyzing our cultural and political landscape, the Conspirituality Podcast will help you stay informed against misinformation and resist fear tactics. Find Conspirituality on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Just like the Bible says that Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father, our guest today is somewhat of a sitting expert. It's the Twin Hills chair guy, Al Bernie. Welcome. Hi. Yeah. Hey, thanks for having me on. I appreciate I appreciate the opportunity to come and talk to everybody. It is so nice to, to be sitting with you, and I, I, I mean that, uh, we because nobody sits around here without you. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, I guess I was hired on as facilities manager and you know, it's a big space, and we realized we need some more help, and uh, kind of got balkanized. And, and well, you know, now I'm in charge of the chairs, right? Uh, the physical chairs around the space. Oh, so you just you were just chairs, chairs, bean bags, stools. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> yeah, that's me. That's yeah. awesome. I mean, you're kind of known mm-hmm. as yeah. the chair guy to all the staff, and mm-hmm. um, you know, but obviously, you don't really work in the main auditorium because no. those are sort of those plush chairs that are like theatrical chairs that you know are. Well, they're all sort of um, locked in. Right, they're like theater chairs. Are you more like loose chairs and stackable chairs? 
Yeah, but mainly just sort of anytime you see a chair that isn't bolted down, that's so. For instance, in like the uh, blue uh, multi-purpose room, uh, I'm in charge of the upkeep and the takedown of those chairs, and then in the green multi-purpose room, I'm in charge of the upkeep and the the stacking of those chairs, and and the yellow multi-purpose room in that one, I'm in charge of those chairs. Well, just to move us off chairs for a second, because I don't know if there's much there. But uh-huh. I would, I would, uh-huh. uh, I was just wondering if what, what, what did you do before you got so into chairs? Uh, I was a merchant marine for a little bit. People all over the world, they just sit in different types of chairs, and you go to one place, and it's like that's you know that's like a wicker chair, and then you go to another place, it's a totally different chair. They all serve the same function. Yeah, I traveled the whole world. There's not a corner of this world that I haven't seen or at least thought about. Oh, it wow. is, oh, that is so great. And it's amazing how Cheers even made its way, you know, onto the high seas uh, with, oh, yeah. where, where you would really think that Cheers wouldn't be a, be a big part of that. But you somehow. Oh, found I'll it. tell you a funny story. I knew a guy. His name is Eugene. And we're on this. We we're on a ship. And where were we? I think we're I think we're in the Mediterranean. or So I kind of oceans are oceans. Uh, and we're sailing somewhere. And he had this chair that he liked. And it was like an office chair, like the one I'm sitting in. It had wheels on the side. But you're on a boat, right? And I'm like, Eugene, the chair isn't right for the thing. He's like, stop it. Stop talking about the chairs. We're together for nine months. No one else. You can't keep talking about chairs. And I was like, Eugene, I'm just telling you right now, a squall's going to come in. You're going to regret that chair. And I, I was proven right because this wave hit the side of the ship. And Eugene just, he was gone. Oh, really? <laughs> he just wheel the wheels just took him away. Anyway, when he went over and I was like, Eugene, hey, I tried to warn him, you know. And that's just right. a funny thing I think about. Yeah, you don't even think of an office chair being on the deck of a ship, I guess, even. Yeah, well, Eugene was like oh, that. Wow. He was kind of a bit of a goofball, and, you know, we miss him. Well, speaking of multicultural chairs and, and that you've traveled the world, it made me think about the Holy Land. When I went on a trip to the Holy Land to try to get closer to Jesus, I, I was very struck by the fact that they use chairs a lot differently over there. Sometimes you're down sort of on the floor sitting at a table. It's mm-hmm. more like just a floor cushion. Yeah. I know they talk about like in the Last Supper with Jesus, a lot of times he and the disciples would recline after they were eating, almost like they weren't sitting at a table with chairs. And yeah. I, I wonder what that really does tell us about the Lord. Well, uh, you know, I have to assume all-knowing, all-good being up there has to understand. He wouldn't have given us chairs if he didn't want us to use them in every possible way. Uh, and he inspired whoever the first lucky person to come up with a couple of legs and a seat in the back. Uh, he inspired that person, and now we get to have this thing. That's one of the reasons I'm, I just I just really want to hit this NPR multi-purpose room thing here. Those are gifts. Those are gifts to us, and we're not stacking them right. And they could just fall over. They could hurt someone. They get scuffed. Yeah. They get scuffed and they don't look right, and then I get, I get, you know, I get yelled at. I get reamed yeah. out because of the scuff chairs. You know, I, I see it as an affront to him. Yeah, right. You take pride but, in your job. I like you know, that. I take pride in my job. I, maybe everyone doesn't see it that way. It, it's pretty clear to me. And so, um, you, you know, Al, I did want to. I am married. Technically. Oh wow. It's ten years when they can officially. Say okay, she's not coming back. Oh, um, so I'm technically uh, still married because uh, I don't know where she is. I don't know where she went. Really? Um, oh. And that was eight years ago. So I got two more years. Oh. And are you looking for her? Or? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I I would love to look for her. The problem is, and I don't want to keep harping on it. This chair thing's twenty hours a day. Oh my goodness! I, there's so many rooms at the chair. Twenty. I sleep three hours. I eat for one hour, not all at once, and then for twenty hours a day. I'm working on oh my these chairs. Wow. Uh, yeah, you look tired. I'm stacking the chairs. I'm moving them around. 
I'm, I'm exhausted all the yeah. time. And so when my wife uh, went missing, I was like, that's it. I'm going to do I'm going to find her. I'm going to do everything in my power to find her. But I just haven't had the time. Oh, so she's missing? To, or to, to do she, it. she went missing. Yeah, she's missing. I'm going to put that on the top of my prayer list, Al. Please do. I, I'm so sorry to hear. Okay. About how many chairs do we have here? Oh, gosh. Well, my goodness. Not counting the bolted down ones because I don't, I don't count those. Those are a bit of a cheat. Uh, the smallest multi-purpose room has 25 chairs assigned to it. Uh, the biggest multi-purpose room has 279 chairs associated to it. Uh, outdoors, we have a rotating system of over 850 chairs that kind of come in. They're constantly being repaired. And then we have a bunch of office chairs. So we're looking at somewhere between, I guess, twelve and 15,000 chairs. Yeah. And every day... At the end of the day, they gotta get stacked. Oh my mm-hmm. goodness! They gotta get stacked up because no one's helped me with the stacking of the chairs. You know, right. yeah. I gotta do it. Yeah, and I get and you way. know, well, and you know, speaking of big events, I know uh, we just had the Jesus is my quarterback uh, Super Bowl uh, event that you know where we screened the Super Bowl in the gym, and you had a lot of chairs set up for that. And yeah. uh, I guess that that's kind of your Super Bowl too, isn't it? Oh. No, people enjoy the Super Bowl. I, I think that you know that was why I wanted to come on uh, was because I walked in there. After the Super Bowl watch, and I just dropped to my knees, and not in a thankful way. I, 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 I just I saw the task ahead of me, and I thought, what? Why has this been put on me? Oh, I see. Why have all these chairs? Not a single one was where it should be. I found chairs from the purple NPR in there. I found chairs from the quiet timeout. I found, I found, I found carpet squares from the preschool in there. They have to stay in the preschool, but they're in. And I had to go down and put them back. Okay. And, I mean, it was exhausting. I'm still getting out from under that. I know the chairs don't affect anyone else. But I'm just pleading to your listeners. My life is being ruined. I've lost my wife. I sleep three hours a night. I, I, I can't. I can't keep doing this. Yeah. And so I, I'm just asking. I'm just asking as a man and as a human being, please... If, if you just, you know, stack the chairs, just put them in a stack. Okay. And I, you know, I hate to bring up a sore subject, but I guess I will. Did, did you ever let, did you ever let the police or anyone know about your wife missing? Or what, what sort of precipitated her, her going, going they missing? They wanted me to come down and talk to them. And I said, I, uh, what, where's the time, okay. detective? And uh, he was like, I would think this is important. I was like, it's very important to me, but I'm working. You, you, I can't. Can we just, is there a form? He's like, no, you got to come down. Uh, and so I said, I, I gave him the information I had. She saw a raccoon in the yard, and she went outside to look at the raccoon, and I never saw her again. That's what I know, okay? She wow. didn't pack anything. The car is still there. Okay. Wow. So I don't know if the raccoon was involved or if the raccoon was like a honeypot to lure her out. All I know is she's gone. Well, raccoons are an animal that does have hands. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, they, they, they dunk their food in water. They seem relatively sophisticated. I, I'm always a little uh, suspicious of an animal who uses its hands, like human hands. Oh, yeah. Always just touching and feeling. This is a funny thing. One time when I was sailing with Eugene, he caught one of these raccoons and he hid it in my footlocker in my cabin. So when I opened the thing, the little thing jumped out. And I, I, I swear to gosh, he put his little hands right around my neck. <gash> that raccoon tried to tried to you? choke me oh out. Oh, my gosh. Tried to strangle me. Oh. And it, I mean, it was funny at the time. Uh, anyway, I took it. I, it went over. You tossed it overboard? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. That's how you deal with problems when you're a merchant marine. Vermin. Well, I'll tell you what. To be honest with you, Al, I, I'm going to tell you the, the, the truth at the bottom of my heart is a lot of times when I see these stackable chairs in these multipurpose rooms, 
I feel intimidated. I feel overwhelmed because they have such a heavy metal base on these chairs, a nice cushiony, uh, you know, seat uh, for your rump to go on. But um, I feel like I could get two, three, four is going to maybe start hurting my middle back. And then also I feel intimidated by the roller thing that you stack them on. And I just feel like that's going to hurt my back. I'm going to trip on that thing. This is going nowhere good. And honestly, I'm at the age where like when you get injured nowadays, you're down for six months. You know, you end up in PT. Yeah, I, I hear you, Hallie. And you know what? I actually, uh, I, I you know, what you're saying to me is something I hear a lot. Oh. And I think it's a, a, a sort of like a, a little bit of a misunderstanding of, of my industry of the chairs, right? You're operating under the assumption that you have to pick up all the chairs at the same time. A lot of people operate under that wrong assumption. What you can actually do, and this is something that you learn through experience, is you pick up one at a time and bring it over, right? So you don't have to... Pick it all up like Uh Hercules. You go one at a time and then one at a time. Uh, Those bases, by the way, are so heavy because we kept running into trouble uh, when we used to do the Shrek movie nights with all the teens. They would get so riled up by that ogre, they'd start hucking the chairs at each other and just throwing them all over, just all this pent-up teenage energy. And we had to, like, we got to weight these chairs down because too many teens are getting all right. tripped up. Now, right. I, I mean, and I hate to get, you know, I hate to give you a note or a suggestion on, on your job, but have you ever thought about uh, that maybe because you're moving the chairs one at a time all the time, that that's what's taking you so long that's and that's why you're only hours. getting, you know, a few hours sleep and, and no time to eat? I don't think, I don't think, I, I hope, I, I hope this doesn't come off too aggressive, uh, Gray, but I, I don't think you know the shit you're talking about with the chairs, okay? Because they are heavy. Hallie's got it exactly right. And I don't want to, I'm not going to sacrifice my body for that. So you got to do it right and you okay. got to do it one at a time so that it's right. Because I'm picking up four chairs. Okay, here I go. Oh, my back hurts now. I'm pulling something out. I trip. I'm dead. All right. I put them in the thing wrong and it topples over me. I'm dead. Uh, all right. I just bend over. I go for that fifth one. I don't know what happens. The blood vessel. I'm dead. All right. That could all happen just like that. So I, I'm careful. You do it one at a time. You stack it up. In a civilized society, everyone goes and they respect that and they help that. Because it's a community. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah. I just was, you know, it was a suggestion, but I, I just don't know if the chairs are going to, I'm not sure if you're going to be dead. I mean. Well, Al, I dead. know a lot of the, uh, you know, uh, what's it called? Comorbidity things that go on have a lot to do with sleep. You know, you uh-huh. get uh, high blood pressure or whatnot if you're not getting enough sleep. Now, are you one of these people that only needs a few hours of sleep? Because, I mean, no. I'll tell you what, I feel great on 10. I need about eight. Seven I can live on, but usually get six and I feel like garbage. I mean, are you one of these people who just doesn't need it? No, absolutely not. Doctor told me I need 12 hours of sleep oh every gosh. night just to sustain. Oh, oh no. no 12 solid hours and I'm getting... Three. Well, could you talk to your supervisor and talk about some work-life balance? My super, I would love to. I've been, I've got ticketing to talk to her, uh, and it's just, my number's just not coming up. There's just the facilities are so big, and there's so many of us with our own little fiefdoms here. And I'll be honest, I get it. Some things take precedence. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. those front, those beautiful glass doors in the front. You got to keep those clean. All those little grubby hands on it. Those birds. You know, we have the bird problem where they just keep smashing into it and leaving a bird print on there. Right. Those take priority over the chairs. Uh-huh. Uh, I've tried to get someone else hired on, but they tell me it's just not in the budget. Uh-huh. Oh no! And they say they're just chairs. They're just chairs. What are we gonna do about it? And then they'll be like, well, "Why don't we bolt them all down?" And I'm like, "God, no, no, don't bolt. That's no, because then it's not a multi-purpose room. It's a one-purpose room. The whole purpose of a multi-purpose room is you can do different things. You know, uh-huh, that's true. You know, Al, I and, and I, you know, I'm just going to give you another suggestion. I hate to tell someone how to do their job, but um, last one was bad. Great, last one was bad. Well, have you ever thought about maybe getting a few of the volunteers to help? Because it seems like you know stacking chairs couldn't be like that technical. Maybe a few of the volunteers could could help. 
I'm sorry I jumped down your throat. That is a good idea, and I have tried it. Two, three chairs in, they go, I don't like doing this, and they leave. Without a doubt. I've probably gone through, they, this is, they like, I wanted to volunteer. I wanted to do something, like, fun or helpful. Uh, and they come, like, we're stacking these chairs. They get one look at that post-Super Bowl watch party. They're like, no, no, no. I've seen people forsake God once they saw how many chairs I was asking them to stack. They said it couldn't be. No just God could exist. Wow. And they walked away from the church. Whoa. Oh, no. And your I mean, job is important. And that has to be difficult for you in your faith walk uh, if you've yeah. got people, you know, renouncing God to your face over, over your, your, your very occupation. Yeah, well, I, I believe that he only gives you the challenges that he knows that you can overcome. Yeah. I mean, maybe you're like a modern day Job. If you read Job in the Old Testament, you know, God, uh, you know, killed his whole family and his children and his livestock and pestilence on his land and covered his body with sores. And it kind of seems like maybe this. I would give anything. I would give anything for those things to happen to me just for a break from the chair. It's just it's I don't think you fully. It's just chairs. If, if anything different would make me so happy. Is it that stacking chairs can be somewhat tedious and and not to oh. not to um you know disparage your your job because as you, as I think we're seeing and learning here today it's a very important job it's Are it's we? the impression that people get of our heavenly Father um it's their ability to like feel welcome in this place in the house of God and all of that but if maybe Al if it is a little tedious and time consuming to stack right. chairs what if we we have these great sound systems in all these rooms what if we cranked up some great Christian rock or put on some hill song while people were stacking them you know you kind of get a little groove in your step and you know can we pep it up like that here's the other thing I, I i don't i don't think on its face that's a bad idea but i can tell you what's going to happen there the second you start pumping in music and things people enjoy they're going to start moving their body to that rhythm a little bit they're going to stop paying just two percent attention to the chairs and the second you do it the second you stop paying attention even two percent of those chairs you know what happens that's when you die oh, Dead. absolutely that's when they get you they, they just wait it's just like they know and and maybe maybe god did have your wife run away to give you i mean you're saying that the chairs are your only focus have you ever thought that maybe your wife running away was sort of the job thing that you needed to sort of get your mind off the chairs but you're unwilling to are you just jumping to the assumption that she ran away I told you she went outside to look at a raccoon and I never saw her again. I didn't say a, a darn thing about her running away. I think she was abducted. Well, I'm just thinking about if you hear this much about chairs in a day, you might want to go, hey, I've got to run away. Excuse me. I'm sorry. I, I just, you know, it was that was a lot about chairs. And... If I might give you a word basket of encouragement, Al, yeah. you, were so, you have been so patient with me through the years and I just want to thank you for it because I've been on a journey with my office chair. Yeah. And first I came to you and I said, Al, I want you to take away my chair because I'm going to do the standing desk thing. It's supposed right. to be better for your health than your back. You told me right then and there, you said, this is a terrible Don't idea. You're going to come crawling back to me, begging for your office chair, yeah. which I did. Mm -hmm. Then I got into the phase where I wanted to sit on one of those big balls to oh, work geez. on my core strength. Mm -hmm. Uh, you had a very strong reaction to that, even when I suggested getting the one that kind of had a little seat on it, yeah. you know, those balls. Unstackable. That's why. What happens if you want to get that out of the way? You're going to take a bunch of those big bouncy balls, put them on top of each other like a snowman? Absolutely not. It won't work. It would be like dodgeball with the teens. That's why I didn't like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because if a teen sees a chair they can throw, they're going to. A teen just loves to throw a chair and a ball like that. You're asking for trouble. Somebody's going to get hurt. Somebody's like one gonna... Shrek too. Yeah. Someone's going to get hurt. Yeah. Well, yeah. I Since... like my chair now. You got me a good one. It swivels. It turns all the way around. It's on wheels. It's good. got comfortable. It leans back. You were right. You were right. Well, that means a lot to me. You know, just to have someone appreciate what I'm doing like that and have my input on the chairs mean something to you and have an effect on your life that, uh, yeah. It's really. Funny. I just don't hear that a lot. Aww. Well, thanks, Al. I appreciate it. You know, since we're on the subject of chairs, which we can't seem to get away from, I did want to ask, what kind of chair does Steve have? 
Headmaster Steve. Woo, it's a beaut. <gasps> really? It's a nice chair. The highest back chair you've ever seen. Normally that would make the person sitting in it seem small. He fills it up. Uh, it's the, there's a, there's in the church charter, uh, Steve's chair is, contractually has to be the highest backed chair oh, in the building. Oh, cool. Oh, really? Wow. I love that. Um, yeah. Very nice, very elaborate, uh, really beautiful, comfortable, hidden compartments everywhere. When, when, and this is his private chair. Not everyone gets to see this. It's one of my privileges that I get to tend to this chair when he really needs to think he can go and he can, he can sit in this gigantic chair and just ponder and think and, 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 and think about what's best for the church. He obviously has a planar chair just for, for day-to-day usage because he doesn't want to be seen as putting on airs, which is nice. And that's just your uh, average lumbar support uh, uh, office chair. Awesome. Oh, that's, I didn't know it had little compartments in it. Yeah. I would love to know what's in I'm there. I'm picturing a captain's chair like Captain Picard in the Star Trek ship chair. Bigger. Really? Bigger. That would that That's the pet of this chair. Wow. This chair, it just goes so up, built right into the ground, compartments everywhere, secret little buttons and toggles, and I don't even know what they do. This chair, it's, uh, it, it's a mystery to me. It's a beautiful work of art. It's incredible. And I don't know what's in those compartments either. Steve, that's the one. I don't touch it. Steve tells me not to touch it. Made it very clear if I did, it would be bad. I don't touch it. Well, I mean, it's probably like, you know, because Steve knows the president, you know, and I bet I bet he's got all sorts of things. I bet, uh, you know, he, sp- he speaks at the National Prayer Bre- Breakfast every year. I bet it's one of those things where he could push a button and talk to the president to something. Actually, maybe he could, you know, help you find your wife that ran away. Or, I mean, uh, walk, walked away. Uh, well, I don't think she ran away great. And uh, I wouldn't want to put that on him because that's not his. That's not his job. He has his job and he does it well. He's going to need to worry about my problems with my wife, who was tricked by a raccoon into some sort of kidnapping situation or got befuddled and lost, which is also possible. She didn't run away again. She would have brought something. I still, I still, I still carry her ID around in case I see her. I can go, you need this if you're going to drive. Now, how do you feel about thrones? Uh, I feel like I don't understand the history of thrones. It just seems like a glorified chair. Are you into those things? Oh, sure. Yeah, well, I can give you the history of chairs. Uh, You have to go way back to get to this throne. So originally chairs started because people were tired of sitting on rocks. And they said, let's make something that's more comfortable. And so they started developing tools to chisel out wood and stone into being something to hold hold your tush in your arms. And then they said, I need a back, too. And so then they put that on there. Cut to a few hundred years later, and someone's going like, I'm better than that guy. I want a bigger chair. And we got in sort of this chair arms race. Uh, and then the first real throne, I think we can call it, was made of skulls. It was a, it was a different time. Oh, wow. You, you, you could do different things. Uh, and so they made this particular king made a throne of skulls that really let people know of his own power. And it was a nice, broad-backed, big, kind of high armrested chair up on a pedestal. And people said that. I was like, that's great. I love that style. I love that aesthetic. Um, and then that started spreading to other materials that people used um, for thrones. I'm nuts. For a throne. And one of the things I like about thrones is that any given throne, there can only be one, right? Yep. Right. So you, you can't stack it. Oh. No one's ever heard of, like, look at these two thrones in the same room. That'd be stupid. That's not a throne, then. It's just two big chairs. Mm-hmm. There can only ever be one throne. And I, lo- I love that idea. It's kind of like Christ, right? You know, kind yep. of, uh, you know, Christ is in his throne, and there's not a second Christ. 
No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, spe- speaking of the story of Job, that story starts out with God sitting on the throne in the throne room of heaven mm-hmm. and uh, Satan coming in for a little check in, being like, what's happening? And uh, God's like, you've seen how much this guy Job loves me. And then they start to talk, which you don't think about Satan and God talking very often. But um, it's cool to picture God uh, taking a load off and having a seat. That's exactly. And you know what? That whole conversation, I, I guarantee how it happened. What? God's in his throne and he's got a real cozy chair right there that Satan said they never would have gotten to chatting like that if they had to stand oh, and right. shift around uh-huh. it would have been a really surface how have you been what have you been up to but because they were able to get comfortable in this non-scuffed properly cared for chair they were able to really come up with some stuff and have this real deep conversation that's the sort of interaction that chairs can give us right and imagine all the chairs you've got to stack in heaven i mean there's probably a lot of chairs in the throne room of god i mean you know i, I guess i was just kind of you know just trying to no you're right this you're right this will never stop even of course there's chairs in heaven and hell what's the difference what's the difference if there's if there's knees then there's going to be chairs so then what's the difference between heaven and hell if there's chairs in both i mean i didn't want you to get that i guess i wasn't trying to get us that deep i, I was just trying to you know Great. What's the difference between heaven and hell if chairs are in both? I wasn't. That wasn't hypothetical. Please answer my question. I mean, well, I, you in know, what's they, the difference between heaven and hell if there's chairs in both? In hell, they would be the folding chairs. You know, the folding chairs that you they they slip and slide. They fall down. They're they're metal. They're uncomfortable. They're they're hard. They don't stack. You know, they 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 can only stay on their feet up against a wall. I mean. Feels like hell so to me. Just for my present, so Hallie, what you're arguing is the only difference between heaven and hell is the quality of the chair. That might be. Yeah, I have honestly never thought about it. Ugh. Ugh. You all right? Yeah. I just got. I just got some thinking to do. I think. Al Burney was played by Alex Fernie. He is such a great writer and director and improviser. It was so fun to play with him. Follow him at Fernie, comma, Alex. I'm Holly Laurent playing Hallie Labonte, and Grey Haas was played by Greg Hess. Follow us and Mega the Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. And if you really want to get out of hell free card, support us on Patreon. The link is in the show notes. <laughs>